I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello everyone and welcome to The Bubbling Adventure, a podcast all about kids and how positive education and conscious parenting can impact their entire life as well as society. I am your host Julie and each Thursday we are having conversations with guests on different themes and our aim is to have open discussions, share different points of view and learn in a non-judgmental way. Today I have the pleasure to speak with the one and only Sandria. I checked and turns out I have been following her YouTube videos for eight years. So it has been a true pleasure to record this episode with her and I am pleased to share it with you today. Sandria is a single mother based in the US and also an influencer. She opens up about some of her parenting decisions, going through a divorce, the things she wished she had known before having a child, why it is important to share about difficulties and help other people, as well as the challenges of getting to know your own kid. This episode is super enlightening and inspiring, so I hope that you will enjoy it. If you like this type of content, you should definitely subscribe, as there is a new episode every Thursday morning. The best way to support The Bubbling Adventure is to write a review if you're listening from Apple Podcasts. But Spotify now has a new feature where you can also leave five stars. It literally takes two seconds, but it's super helpful. But without further ado, let's begin. Cette chanson. Maman, papa. Maman, papa. Hi, Sandria. How are you today? Hi, Julie. I'm doing really good. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, no. Thank you so much for being here. As I've been telling you, I've been following you for eight years. So thank you so much for all the inspiration that you have given me throughout the years. And it's an honor to be able to speak with you today. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> Could you please introduce yourself for the ones who don't know you? Yeah, so my name is Sandra. I'm 32 years old. I am French. I moved to the United States in 2012 to be married, which happened. And then I had a child a couple few years after. And then um, recently went through a very nasty divorce, but we're through it and we're celebrating that. And in the process, I just realized that I was 
more or less screwing up my child's education. And so restarted everything from scratch. So that's me, the person Then I am also what some people would call an influencer. I do YouTube videos. I've been doing them for since 2009. Um, it's been a long time, but it's <laughs> been very fun. And that's, that's me. That's where I'm at. Yes. Well, that's clearly a lot. You're very busy. And I think it's great that you've been sharing more on YouTube and on social media on different subjects and what happened in your life, you know, in the last two years or so. So thank you for sharing, because I really think it's helping so many people, at least, you know, helping us asking ourselves the right question, you know, on so many different themes and also showing that if it's not working, if it's not okay, you can leave. And yes. it's fine. It's going to take some time, but you can recover from that. Maybe we can explain first how you grew up, you know, like your, your bringing in yeah. France. Yeah. So I think I had a very strange upbringing. So I was born in a French family. Um, I have an older sister and a younger brother. And somehow the, the universe sent an American pastor and his wife and, and daughter to our little corner of France. And we met in kindergarten and we became really good friends. And to this day, she's my oldest friend and we're just like sisters. But because of that friendship and because of the fact that she was the last kid and of the, in the house at that time, we just became really close and we bonded this, this kind of like family reattach I, weird I had a double family I had two sets of parents more or less and um, two sets of education that were very different on one hand I was you know being raised by French parent who had the French culture who were rather tough who didn't really show their emotions all that much nor nor their feelings for that matter and then on the other hand a very American very warm very loving more or less gentle, especially with me, because I wasn't their child. So it, they still had, you know, they couldn't, they could not get to me as much as they could get onto um, Kelsey, obviously, mm -hmm. their kid. But it, it, it was uh, strange, in a way, to get those two educations at the same time. But I'm, I'm very grateful. It helped me to open my eyes to a lot of things. But I have to say that maybe I had not retained as much information as I had hoped because when I became a parent it seemed <laughs> it seemed like I knew nothing even though I had kind of I don't know been in both worlds of parenting mm, yes you had two different upbringings which is again as you said it's it's quite unique it's not something everyone has and I think it's it's cool in a way and how did you you know how do you choose with you know how do you balance it out maybe because I feel like especially when growing up sometimes there's a lot of information already mm. do you think it had any impact on your you know beliefs and development and so on it did it did because I as girls do we compare each other's and I was constantly comparing myself to my friend Kelsey and when it came to I don't know I just because of the education, so my parents were more loose, you know, as much as we didn't have, 
with my mom was different because she was always a little bit more open than my dad was. He was, a, he, he was he's French, so he's a little bit more cold, mm-hmm. but we always had the choice growing up. My mother was always open with her communication and she would always say, hey, if you drink, this is, you know, what's going to happen. If you smoke, this is what's going to happen. If you, And so with that, I was able to make my decisions and always go back and think about the consequences before I made the decisions. On the other hand, Kelsey was brought up into a very warm, loving family who also didn't let her make her own decisions. And so it was, you know, can I go out and do this? And it was a no, and it was not a no. And this is why it was just Mm -hmm. a no. So growing up, I always felt that because for brief moments of her of, of our lives, we were making decisions that we were not, I was not agreeing with the decisions that she was making. And she probably wasn't agreeing with the decisions I was making. But because of that reason at that time, I decided to do, I don't know, I just, I decided to lean more towards what my parents were doing, which was the colder, but open family like we're not feeding you emotionally but we are giving you all the tools to more or less or what we believe to be all the tools to succeed which is a roof and you know communication and food and and so for a while I just thought because I felt so righteous and I felt like I was doing the good decision I was like well this is my my mom brought me up this way so I should be bringing my my child up this way neglecting completely the emotional side and you know just just to be there for your child just to to be sensitive to their emotions and their obviously their needs that was never an issue but it was more like their feeling my my child's feeling like it wasn't about what you're feeling right now it's more of like you know you need to make make the right decision and mm-hmm. It's a very long conversation. I don't know how much time you have on your hands because I could Plenty. go, you know, I could go for, for years talking about that. I just, mm-hmm. that that's the choice that I made and it was rather drastic, I have to say, for such a silly reason now that I think about it. Because So she's six years old, right? She's six and a half. She'll be seven in June. I called her seven yesterday. And she said, mommy, don't call me seven years old. I'm still six. And I thought, well, you're already talking about your birthday in June. So why can't I be calling you, you know, a seven-year-old when clearly we're closer to seven than we are to six. She's funny. Yeah. Time is is different at this age. I remember our school year lasting for ever so I know but I remember I remember being six and wanting to be seven and she's like no I'm not seven yet like chill mom I'm not growing up that fast not that you know you got it right (laughs) enjoy your youth that's funny because usually it's the other way around um but so you always wanted to be a mother that's something uh, I heard you say and then obviously your experience with motherhood in the first few years wasn't exactly what you were hoping for can you tell us a little bit more about that because I think a lot of people are preparing themselves and I think sometimes when we idealize you know Mm. something so much it you know it's it's different when it when it's there yeah then then the real thing for sure I mean I didn't know what I was getting myself into 
I was so young and looking back, yes, I absolutely always wanted to be a mother and it is the most fascinating role of my life that I get to play. And I have the best co-star ever, I have to say. She's so funny. So I regret nothing. It's wonderful. But if I knew what I know now, I would have made that decision with a little bit more, you know, consideration to to what it, mm-hmm. it actually brings in your life. It's, I don't know if that answers your question. Well, maybe you can give us a little bit more color on the things that you wish you knew before, because I think it would be interesting for a lot of people at least a few examples. <laughs> I mean, it's so, it's, things are so random. Just for me, the thing that blows my mind away the most is to look at her and every day get to know someone that I thought I should have known already. I just feel like because she comes from me, because I carried her, that I should know her by heart, but I don't know her. I discover her every single day and the things Mm -hmm. that she says, sometimes I remember in the past more or less looking at her and thinking who, like, why, who are you? Like, this is, why are you acting this way? Don't act this way. And now I just embrace it. And I just think, my God, you are so different than I had ever imagined you to be. And thank God for that, because you're so much better. That's really what I I look back on and I'm thinking, man, I knew nothing. And I'm glad that I get to realize that now and really capture those moments to be remembered forever and and appreciate a little human becoming an adult, a woman. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure what you just said will be definitely helpful for a lot of people because it's not something we necessarily think about prior to have a kid and it's not really something people tell you so that's also the the aim for this podcast is that you know a lot of the time people say oh yeah it was the best thing of my life best day of my life like maybe but there's also so much more that we want to know like people that don't necessarily have kids yet we want to know what to expect so that we're better able to react and adapt (laughs) It's a little different than the, oh, well, get your sleep now because you'll never get it later. Like we already know that. And it's not true Mm -hmm. 100%. Not all kids are the same. And my daughter slept through the nights, you know, really early on. That was never my challenge. And I'm glad that we get to, to finally have conversations about those challenges, like the challenge of getting to know your own child, of getting to know yourself after having a child, because you're not the same person anymore. Everything changed. Like I used to be able to take a flight and never think about, you know, crashing in the middle of the Atlantic. And then I became pregnant. And the only thing I could think about is, oh, God, let this plane not crash because I have a child first Mm -hmm. inside of me. And then, you know, to, to go back home to, and those are the things that change you forever. Never was scared of what would happen to me if something happened or my child. It's, I just keep thinking, man. I have that. It changes you. Mm. And those are the things that, you know, the stretch marks and the Braxton Hicks contractions and all of that jazz, like, yeah, great. But the fundamental thing that you need to know is it changes you and you know nothing. This is so interesting. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. I I hadn't thought of that, you know. I mean, you know, you have someone that depends on you that is forever attached to you and, and you yet don't know that person. 
And mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> and so in the early years, you were obviously working full-time, developing your YouTube channel, and also pretty much being a single parent, although you were still in your relationship. Yes. How was it balancing everything? And, you know, obviously you said that you since changed the the choice that you had made you know on being a a little bit colder or you know more detached yes so Mm -hmm. but at the same time obviously you were doing what you could with what you you know it's such a massive change in your life and you were still working you were still trying to do everything I want so of course but can you please tell us a little bit about that time yeah it was awful it was awful (laughs) the first couple years the first few years honestly but the first couple years she was with me and I was what I always told like a married single mother that was how I described myself because that's what it was I was working full-time but I was I was also raising a child full-time and I had very to no support for the first couple years and then he was no longer working so he was a little bit more present But it's, you know, you don't replace a mother, obviously, as you don't replace a father. And so it was, um, it was hard. It was very tough. I like to pretend at that time that I not only loved it, but also could, you know, juggle with it. Did I juggle with it? Yes. But it was more Mm -hmm. of like a hot potato scenario where I'm like trying Mm -hmm. not to drop all this shit down and I survived, but I was not mentally, I was not doing good mentally. It was not something that was very safe or good or, or anything for any one of us, including my ex-husband. So yeah, I would not, I would not recommend doing that. And every time I have a friend who's telling me, oh, I want to do this, but then I also want to like, you know, I want a full-time job, but then also I want to do my kids school with them. Like I want them to be homeschooled and And I'm like, well, you just can't do both. And it's not you. It's just, it's physically not possible. And stop, you know, making yourself believe that every woman should be capable of dealing with 25 jobs at one time. It is physically Mm -hmm. not possible. Like we're not superhumans and we need to stop pretending that we are. And so once I stopped pretending that I could no longer, you know, I, cu- I could no longer pretend to be doing it on my, on my videos as well. Like it was not just, I don't know. I came to, with the realization of it and I was, I thought, well, I can't, I can't just not ever mention it again and just move on. I just felt like I needed to be like, Hey, listen, like this happened to me. And I don't know if it happened to anybody else, but it's weird and I need help and if you're in the same situation as me, can we talk about it? And can we figure this thing out? Because I was not ready for this. And I don't know. I just always felt like I would be superwoman, that I could be able to do both. Like all of these women that seem to be doing, hmm. you know, that. And I thought, man, what kind of medication are you on to be able to keep up with that kind of schedule? Because I, I can't. <laughs> It's a lot of pressure for sure. Yeah. It's so, uh, yeah. And it's not really sustainable in time. As you no. said, you, you can juggle with it for a while, but it's not helping anyone when it's, you know, barely 
<laughs> making yeah. ends meet. <laughs> yeah. And what is the consequence of that? Like, are you getting two jobs done at one time? Yeah, perhaps. But are they any good? Like, is it the best that you could have done? And that's more or less what, you know, brought me to change everything that I was doing is, yeah, I'm doing this. Like, yeah, I'm working and yeah, I'm raising my child, but am I doing a great job at both of those? I mean, obviously the response was no way. Like I just, and I kept saying it for years. It's the funniest thing ever. I kept saying like every time work-wise is doing well, my family life is shit and mm -hmm. vice versa. Every time that I'm doing well, you know, as a mother or as a wife or as a, then my career is going to crap. And so I just kept telling myself that without realizing, well, yeah, duh, you got to change something. Like you've got to slow down somewhere so that, you know, you find the perfect in between because everybody deserves the best that you're going to give them. I feel, especially mm -hmm. my child. Yeah. But I feel it, it's, it is a sacrifice that obviously one of the two parents needs to make, right? And for you, you kind of didn't have the choice uh, in a way. So that's also interesting is that like, it depends what type of education you're choosing as well. But at some point you need one or two parents to be around the, the kid and take care, you know, it's even if they're old enough to go to school, there's still a lot to yeah. learn outside of that. Obviously, otherwise you're neglecting your child. Mm -hmm. and you know beyond their education like this is this is abuse if you're not there for your child it's abuse and I have nothing to add I agree I will say that every both parents should be checked in into the relationship with their children and it should never be one or the other it should always be both but that's best case scenario and we don't all get best mm -hmm. case scenario and I think yeah so that was the early years, but how is co-parenting going now? Um, you know, how do you, is it, do you have the, the main custody or is it custody? I do. I do. Yes. I have main custody. So she stays with me most of the time. Then every other weekend she goes to her father's and then every other vacation and holiday. So um, we had everything written. Uh, so that we could be able to navigate through that. Because like I said, in the beginning, I did not go through a very easy divorce. I always imagined in the back of my mind when I was, you know, considering my options and deciding to, to leave my husband at that time, I had always imagined that we would be able to do that in a very amicable way, but it wasn't the case. Mm. So we have a plan and we stick to it and it helps, you know, things move along as softly as one can hope mm -hmm. most of the time. And on other times, I just, I, I mean, at first when you're going through a divorce and you're trying to co-parent a child, it's extremely difficult because you have all of this resentment that it has, you know, had been building up and then all of that more that is brought up when you go through mm -hmm. such a thing as, you know, deciding to part ways from somebody and split everything into and what belongs to who and, you know, mm -hmm. you see yourself waking up at 3am in the morning in a panic attack thinking about like Christmas ornaments and you're like, my God, like, does it really matter? 
but mm-hmm. I'm materialistic clearly. <laughs> I get woken up about, well, I mean, <laughs> it, it was a silly, it was a silly illustration, but it's just, you know, mm-hmm. to say that things that really shouldn't matter, matter so much more. And so when you're trying to raise a child like that, it's really hard not to have your child take a bullet when they're in the middle of it and you're in the trenches and you're just trying so hard not to wound anybody, but it's, it's going to happen. So it, it's challenging. I will have to say Mm -hmm. my best advice is to not respond right away to just, you know, Mm -hmm. leave the text or just don't start the conversation if you're not capable of, of having it in a calm manner, but not always easy. <laughs> it's not always easy because there's so much emotion mm-hmm. going on. And sometimes you just can't control them. You're just so tired and exhausted that you just mm-hmm. you do something that you're going to regret. And I think everybody should know that, that there's like best case scenario, you're going to hurt just a little bit your child, but they're going to get hurt no matter what mm-hmm. happens. Like you're splitting up their family. But I was going to say, because that's also one question that I was wondering, because obviously you want to make sure you protect your kid as much as possible through this, because it's like, honestly, even if it's very amicable, it's always a little bit ugly when you have lawyers and, you know, it's still very impersonal as a process and, and so on and everything going on and splitting everything. But on the other hand, I always think that if your kids sees that two parents are staying together but don't love each other it's clearly not working then it's also not necessarily a good thing to model to them that you know you have to to sort of balance this out and it's there's no right or or wrong answer I think but you know in both cases they're gonna get hurt and have a different view on things so yeah I agree. I think you just have to weigh what, you know, you just have to weigh it out, see what would be the best case scenario. Cause I mean, when you're at a crossroad like that, when you're thinking, well, am I going to leave the person that I was supposed to spend the rest of my life with and with who I have this child, like, am I going to cross this out or am I going to stay with them and try my best to make this work knowing that I will never be able to be happy like what which consequences are worse and for me I just kept thinking modeling like you said a couple together in hopes that well you know statics shows that kids do better when their parents are married and stay together yeah but what happens to those who see their parents like you know, you cannot, you can report on people who will commit crime. You know, there's, there are more criminals that are from broken up family than they are. Okay. You can do that. You can measure that, but can you measure how many people were emotionally, mentally broken because their parents stayed together yet they mm-hmm. did not, you know, go as far as commit a crime. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. And for me, it just didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I want to create a whole person. I don't want to create a person that believes in pretending and outside appearances. Like what mattered to me was the core. And I was never going to achieve that. I was never going to be able to, to bring that to my child. If I stayed in a marriage where there was no love, nor happiness, no just or or actual just deep care for mm-hmm. one another it just didn't make sense of course and to be fair I've been in a toxic relationship a few years ago and it did take me a long time to leave because I feel like it's not necessarily a a notion that we're taught especially I think as little girls you know you I mean my grandma would make me draw my wedding dress and so on and imagine my prince charming since like forever and you just think you know you're going to meet someone and that's it and my parents for example met each other my mom was 14 and my dad was 16 and they're still together still very much in love like they got married 10 years ago amazing example for me but I thought you know oh I'm going to be 14 I'm going to meet the lot of my life and that's it And so, you know, it's the same. I didn't really have that. It's not working out. I need to leave. And I think that's a good example that you're also showing your daughter is that it doesn't always work out. You can try your best. You can really work hard, but sometimes it's just okay to leave a situation that you don't want to be in anymore. Yeah. I think it comes from, and this is my belief. So, you know, Mm -hmm. Every, everybody will say something, maybe something different, but I just think that the women of, you know, of our families of older generation, one of the way that they were gonna go on in life in a safe, you know, safe way is that they had to marry someone mm-hmm. 
because women did not have the rights that we now do. We did not have, you know, the rights to vote for a long time or to, to, I, you know, go to the bank and like, yeah, you know, to, 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 to make all of those decisions that we now make without thinking about. And so one of the ways for them to, you know, go on the knife was to do that because otherwise they were going to be under their father. And so I think it stayed with us, but this is not, you know, the 1800s or early 19, like we are independent. We can take over, take care of ourselves. We don't, you know, need anybody to do anything for us. Honestly, we are, you know, Mm -hmm. we are worthy and we're just sufficient. So I think that's more or less why we somehow get stuck in those relationships and then wake up so many, you know, time afterwards and realize, oh my gosh, what was I putting myself through? Why was Mm -hmm. I doing this? Like, it's finally, you know, that little switch in our brain that just goes, that just erases all of those things that we were taught when we were brought up. And it's a quite memorable and amazing moment to be able to see that switch flip and some people I get so devastated when some people just never get there and Mm -hmm. I always hope that through what I do and what I show and how I raise my daughter and the conversations that I have with people whatever just me being I just hope that I get as many switches flicked on as possible in Mm -hmm. women's mind and be like you don't need anyone like if anyone's going to be with you they're going to be lucky otherwise bye bye here's the here's the door (laughs) why don't you go there no for sure I can definitely relate with a switch that took a long time to come but when it came then that's it you know I think that's also that like for a lot of women I know at least is that take some time but once the (laughs) the you know it's flipped and there's no going back. You can do whatever you want. So done. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like, no way. Like it's, this is a shut door. I agree with you. And I just, you know, going through the divorce, he, he kept telling me, and I understand, I truly understand. And, and I agree, he kept telling me, you changed, you changed, you changed. And I said, yes, I did. And I love it. And you did it. And that's why it's not working out because mm-hmm. I changed and you did it. And it doesn't mean that, you know, what you believe or want or, you know, desire is not worthy of, you know, but we're not the same people anymore. And I can no longer be the person you want me to be because I have realized that I am someone else. But you cannot unchange. That's not something that no, happens. Like you once you evolve, you don't it's, like. It's, you know? Yeah, it's too late. And, and it doesn't mean you don't care for the person. And it was heartbreaking to, mm-hmm. to really, to, to come up with that decision. And it took me months to think about it and just finally admit to myself that it was doomed, that there was just no going back. And if I wanted to really fully embrace, you know, who I was and what I wanted and the change that I needed to make in my life for my child, I needed to do that because I could no longer be the person that, that I once was. Mm-hmm. 
And so in that time, what did you put in place with your daughter to make sure that she's protected? Or maybe, you know, it was more about communicating or spending more time with her to compensate. Can you please tell us a little bit what you did? There was no real structure. The idea was to make sure that she would get as little hurt as possible, that I would be as present and understanding for her and for her feelings and everything. But there was nothing in place because I was walking blindly into, I had no idea. I had no idea how long I was going to be doing that for, how long he was going to be in the same house as us, because we still live together for uh, six months. So that was really hard. I had no yeah. idea. I had no vision of the future. The only thing that I was doing is living day by day and trying to do my best not to do something or, or let my child witness something that would truly hurt her. Mm -hmm. And so that was, you know, it was that it was sheltering her. It was making sure that, you know, if I, if I just didn't feel good that day, I would just stay away. And sometimes I would not participate in whatever activity was going on because I could not emotionally be there and be good. So sometimes, you know, removing yourself from a situation is better than being present for the sake of being present. Like mm -hmm. your presence sure. is not going to be beneficial might as well not be here so it was more that than anything it's just mm. trying to survive just figuring it out day by day yes but also I have to say I was just thinking going through the whole process as well when obviously you're you have the American nationality now but you see what I mean it's still it's different right like you would be afraid that they would have the upper hand somehow or no, like, I don't know how it works exactly. Right. Uh, it never crossed my mind. No. At that time. No, it never did. It was later on when we had conversation where, you know, he said he was angry and he said, well, you know, you just, you just got married to me for the citizenship. And I thought, well, that's just insane. Like really why? Mm. And I understand, like you're saying, maybe you believe it and maybe you don't and you just said it out of anger but I mean why would I waste so <sighs> many years of my life like I, yeah. it's you know <laughs> it's a lot it's a to do what to be in America to not have like you know child care and entrances and just why would I do that like my life in France was definitely cozier than it is in the states so but at, at the time no when I had the thought where I thought, well, at least I am naturali naturalized, so I, he oh, can't yeah. deport me. I had the thought, but <gasps> it was never yeah. a, he would do it, you know, kind of mm. thought. Yeah, but that, that would have been probably scary if, if that was an option, because you're... It does. Like you have that moment, but, you know, in retrospective, like there's just no way that would even happen. Like, yeah. let's face it, we live, you know, in a world, first of all, they would need some kind of proof that it was a white mm -hmm. marriage, which there could not be proof because it wasn't. So therefore, no, I mean, as in if you didn't have the, the nationality, Natural, you know, yeah. that would have been a, a harder process. But I don't, sure. I don't, I, I know, I don't think so. Cause I think that, you know, we're still protected. I'm still her mother. I'm still the mother of a, of an American okay. citizen. And then at the end of the day, 
I had my papers in order. So, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure that there's been cases where people have been angry and tried to pin it on their spouse that they, you know, married them just so that they could get a visa green card or whatever. And I'm sure that the immigration has better fish to fry, you know, in the way there, yeah, there are real people Mm -hmm. that are doing other things that are more important than this. Mm. That's super interesting because I don't know how things work at all. So thank you for sharing. I'm a woman and I'm French and, you know, I'm blonde and it would help the immigration. If I was Hispanic, you know, if I was an Hispanic man, then yes, I would have felt a little bit Mm -hmm. less sure of myself, but because I'm a French, you know, blonde woman, then no, I, it's, it's crazy yeah it's it's not fair but you know that it's a privilege yeah it it is a privilege that equality is there and and I was Mm -hmm. aware of it Mm. interesting and so now you're still in the U.S. raising your kid redoing your whole house (laughs) on the same time which is amazing it looks so great it's very inspiring to see you do all the works yourself thank you and obviously you've gone through this rough time and your family is in France and so on so it must not be easy first of all and then how is it for you raising a kid in the U.S. because obviously you grew up in France so although you had the example of your of your American best friend you know, it, there probably still are some very different aspects. Yeah, I, you know, it just, it's normal to me. There's nothing really interesting to say about that. It's part of my normal now. I've been in the States for almost 10 years. So that's, you know, close to a third of my life. And I've never had children outside of the US. So this is my normal and I don't really think about it. Um, the parenting is much different, you know, uh, French parenting is a little bit more tough and a little bit like I described it colder. And then here in the States, especially because she goes, you know, in a private school, you have all of those like fancy people that see all of, you know, that read all of those fancy, the parenting is much different and it's, it's more in tune when with what I'm trying to to do as well I think so maybe it helps Mm -hmm. I think it helps to see the way some of my friends raise their kids their children that you would never see someone raise their children that way in France and I I think it's helped me open my eyes to the idea that there's more than one correct parenting way and that it's a mix and match you know according to to your child and um, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have that experience if I was in France. Yeah, I think it's so interesting to just take what works for you, leave out the rest, get inspiration a little bit everywhere because sometimes it's the same. There's some conversations or subjects that are more specific, but the more variety you listen to, the more options you have when something happens, for example, you know, for, I don't know, conflict resolution and so on, you know, when you listen to something, it might not be the case, but then suddenly you know how to react when something happens. So I guess it's nice to have, you know, options to explore and try different things because not everything is going to work as well from one child to the next. So, you know, it's, it's really different, but obviously a lot of people have changed with COVID and myself included um but do you think that the lockdown had anything to do as well with your your change maybe that had started 
before but like even if you were already working from home obviously yeah um I think it was a perfect storm the lockdown had me forced to stay in the states and not move as much as I usually did which I was gone you know every other week I would say I was gone somewhere around the world and so to to being forced to be in my house, you know, with my family and seeing that it was actually not working. It was just, you know, on the verge of, of breaking. It helped. What changed me the most, I will have to say, was the Black Lives Movement that summer. Mm -hmm. Just, I don't know what it, what happened. It just, something happened where I thought, man, I have all those privileges, yet I'm not happy. And this is, I don't know. I just reevaluated everything that mattered to me and realized that I was, you know, more or less living a very shallow life because of the privileges that I have and had and that it was not making me a better person. So COVID was part of it, but I think it was really more or less like the first domino piece. Mm, this is so interesting. And is that at that time that you started therapy or did you start before? No, I started therapy a year prior to that. I wasn't okay. feeling good, something, you know, work and everything. I just, I felt overwhelmed and I just went to therapy and it took me a year from, you know, that first mm -hmm. appointment. And I did couples therapy as well. Yeah. For anybody that's wondering. <laughs> no, but sometimes it takes it takes a long time as well to, you know, because obviously therapy is the it's so hard to to do and it's so worth it, of course. But sometimes you need longer to digest everything mm -hmm. you're learning and it, it can be a lot. And then even now, for example, my therapy ended about a year ago and I'm I'm still figuring things processing out, you know? things yes wow. absolutely yeah I would advise anyone to go to therapy and to you know if you truly love you know if you if you want to truly love yourself you have got to you know find a way to understand everything about you and be able to process things in and have the tools and more or less therapy for me is someone getting you the tools to, you know, fix and build your house. And if it wasn't for that, I would never have had the awakening that I, mm -hmm. I think I would have had a mental breakdown instead of, yeah. <laughs> of, of what? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's definitely not choosing the easy way but at the same time it's a bit too late once you're already having a mental breakdown you see what I mean like the earlier yeah. you go the the better oh, for sure for sure <laughs> the easy way out for me is to actually ignore it that is the easy yeah. way out because the chances are you're gonna be okay until either you're not or it's too late mm -hmm. and exactly no, I I decided I decided to have a little bit more compassion with myself. That's very interesting what, what you just said. And so is there maybe a last advice that you would like to give to parents? 
Um, so I always say, take the advice that you would give to your best friend, mm -hmm. be kind to yourself. And, you know, they always say, you know, roll your tongue 10 times in your mouth before you say something that's not stupid. It's not stupid. And same, you know, twirl your fingers before you start typing something, just hold back from being responsive right away. Mm -hmm. And chances are you're going to avert a crisis <laughs> or something that you definitely didn't need or want. And I don't know. I think that's, it's more or less that be always open. I would say too, just to always be open to new ideas mm -hmm. and try them out. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. That's okay. But, but then, you know, it didn't work. So yes, <laughs> but yes. How would it be that you out of the whole wide world would have the answers yet your life is not going as well as you want it to be? That's not possible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, keep <laughs> your eyes open and see how everybody else is doing. Yeah. And I do agree with uh, rolling your, your tongue 10 times before you speak, because for sure it helps to regulate the ego that takes over. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that's, that's something... not what I said. <laughs> yeah. Yes. For me, one book that was life-changing was A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. I don't know if you, if you read it. Uh, it's incredible because it helped me and obviously probably millions of people understanding their ego and yes. how to you know check with it and uh, yeah that's also one of the things that he says and how to navigate other people's egos as well which absolutely is an amazing tool <laughs> I am so glad you mentioned that because I 100% agree with you and that's definitely the thing that got checked the most out of this whole you know, adventure of the last two years was my ego was checked, was checked hard. It was trampled and, you know, <laughs> but it felt, it felt awful, but it felt good because mm -hmm. realizing, you know, your own ego, being able to let go of it and understanding that people deal with that same, you know, deep dread of, of not being accepted for who they are, mm -hmm. um, is it's, it's tiring. It's the root. Yeah, it's yeah. tiring. And it's, it's the root of a lot of, of bad in this word and world. And if we can actually learn to tame that, then, uh, then we can go far. For sure. I think they should make people read this book in school. I and... think they should have <laughs> master classes on those of type of topics. I agree. Like <laughs> drop that stupid algebra, like just yeah. teach our kids all of these important, you know, life tools. Mm -hmm. And I, because you, you and I now know them and, but some, you know, some kids are never going to be taught that, those things in their households. And so if we want a better future, we need to make sure that we take care of, of the little ones. Exactly. Cause it's so inequal, like in terms of, of yes. who teaches what. And yeah, that's why a lot of things should be tackled in schools. Although obviously schools is a whole other chapter. Like it could be better, but at least well I think know. they should have you know and they do more or less but like a psychologist always there mm -hmm. they should have you know kids go through that where they're they have a safe place that they can go like I think if it's not in in school it should be in healthcare that we have as you have a doctor for your physical health you have a doctor for your mental health because one 
you know, one doesn't make the other go away. Like you might be healthy physically, but if mentally everything's wrong, then you're not healthy. And it might also impact your body, you know, absolutely yeah so it's it's incredible the power that the mind has and it's yeah. everything the mind is everything for sure so yeah <laughs> um is there anyone that you find inspiring either because they have great views on parenting or maybe on the way they were they were raised I would say I have more than one obviously but the one that's coming to my mind right now and it's she she talks about parenting but she really talks more about it's more broad than that it's Brene Brown mm-hmm, she's yeah. she's huge and so her video her TED talk on vulner I can never say that word in in English vulnerability 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 yeah. oh my gosh you guys <laughs> stuff it's oh my gosh it's it's a tongue twister for me I just can never get it but it's one of the TED talk Mm -hmm. that you know moved me the most and that really started that whole little wheel going in my head motion yes Uh, she's a rock star I love she is she is a rock star of mental health and self you know personal development and self-help yeah amazing Well, thank you so, so much for your time and for, you know, opening up on so many different subjects that I'm sure will be so useful for everyone at home. Where should we redirect people? So you may follow me, you become hang out with me, see what I'm doing on YouTube at Sandria26France. I am also on Instagram, both on my home decor which is sandria home uh, page or my more i don't know lifestyle we'll say account which is sandria or sandria 26 france um, if you type sandria s-a-n-d-r-e-a you'll find me it's quite unique for sure it's, it's nice it's an advantage yes <laughs> for sure uh, but we will put all the link in the description box in the show notes so that people can find you easily But thank you so, so much for your time today. It was a pleasure to be speaking with you. It was wonderful. Thank you so much, Julie. And keep doing what you're doing because I think it's absolutely amazing. And we need more people like you who are trying just out of the good of their hearts to heal the world. And I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to share if you think it might be helpful to someone you know. If you enjoyed this episode, then please make sure to write a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and subscribe if you haven't already. That's it for me. See you soon with the next episode. And in the meantime, have a lovely day. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.